Hi, my name is Danny Callow. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Tubani Resources, formerly African Gold Group, Inc. Uh, we are a Mali-focused developer and explorer uh, who has a, a, a very sizable resource and reserve base in southwestern Mali um, of more than a million ounces. Uh, and we have the ability to develop a 16-year mine life with the first 10 years at more than 100,000 ounces per annum. You, but you've been quiet. Danny, welcome back. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> a little bit of head in the sand, Matt. Um, I think, you know, it's been a rough ride for the last six months. We, um, we obviously have had a, a pretty torrid market over the last few months. And coupled with that, we've obviously had um, the issues around sanctions in Mali, which um, have probably affected the juniors more than the producers. Uh, that obviously um, very good news over the weekend that the ECOWAS, which is the West African Union, have um, lifted those sanctions uh, and accepted the, the two-year election timetable, which is really key for a lot of the financial institutions that were very active in Mali to, to get back in the game. So a lot of the African banks like Chorus Bank and EcoBank um, and Bank Atlantique, who have been quiet because of the sanctions, are obviously I'm able to, to continue as business as normal. So I think that's really good news. Um, but I, I guess on top of that, you know, we, we've always remained very positive on Mali. Um, I think despite some of the bad press that comes with it, Mali is still the fourth biggest gold producer in Africa. Um, it has all of the majors operating there. And I think if you've seen the press over the last week or two, you've seen some great news coming out of Barrick um, with their operations there extending their reserve life to 2037. I think they're producing in the region of 550 to 600,000 ounces out of Mali. And B2 Gold, who have done two things. They've obviously taken out Oclo, um, which is, a, to me, a sign of a lot of positivity in the country, and also putting a $35 million drill program together to extend their existing concessions. Um, and, and, and I think all of that shows that, that the, the larger-scale mining companies are very bullish on Mali, um, and, and so are we. Right. I, I've always thought you've got a good project. Um, the, the issue has always been things outside of your control. So sanctions on the financial institutions or the, the, the banks of, of, of Mali now lifted. Good news. But what was that stopping you from doing? You say it's obviously a bit, more, a bit harder on explorers because you haven't got kind of cash flows kind of being control of your own destiny. So what, what are the things that stopped you from doing well, I, I guess it doesn't stop you from putting drills in the ground, but what it does do is it stops you moving to the next stage. So technically, as you would have recalled from previous discussions, we have a great project. You know, 1.2 million ounces of reserve in the ground, 3.2 million ounces of resource. Um, we've done the hard yards on the technical side, but I think we're very confident that we can deliver substantial free cash flow from getting this project into operation. The challenge that we have as a junior, and most juniors have, is making the, the big step from being a, a develop, an explorer and developer to an operator, and that requires funding. And at current market values, I think the market really sits back and says, well, how, how, how is this company going to get to the next step? By bringing in the opportunity to talk to some of the African banks that have been quite prolific in um, financing projects. So we know that you know, Chorus Bank have, have, have financed, I think, Hummingbird twice over the last few years, and Bank Atlantic is very active, EcoBank is active. It gives us an opportunity to start to talk to them around the debt portion um, of, of the financing. And 
we were in discussions prior to the sanctions with all of these banks and they were they were moving ahead in a positive manner so i think this gives us an opportunity to to pick up the conversation where we left off they've certainly indicated through this sanction period that that we are still on their radar it's just that they were really had their hands tied on on, on money flows in and out of, of of the country and i think that you know post the settling down of, of these sanctions being lifted, I think that we'll be in a good position to pick up those discussions. And I think that's, for me, what is going to be really key in the next six months. Okay, but that's, that's the debt component, right? I understand you're going to start up conversations that you're having prior to the sanctions being in place. Um, that's good news. But then you've kind of they've got this equity portion, and let, let's assume it's one-third, two-thirds in terms of equity-debt ratio, there thereabouts, as, as these things typically are. That still leaves you with a chunk of change to come up with. Um, what are the options on the table for you? Well, I, look, I think right now, looking at our market cap versus the equity that we would have to raise, which is around $60 million, um, it is a mountain to climb. But, but clearly what we have seen in this junior market over the last few years is Companies that get the debt portion in place get a good run on their price. So we would expect, you know, we would expect it to, to, to re-rate hopefully close to some of our peers. Um, you know, we could argue that that's around 100 million plus, and therefore the XD portion doesn't seem so so difficult to raise. But clearly, um, this is always a balancing balancing act. So you know, the debt requires the equity, and the equity requires the debt. But I think there's enough case studies, Matt, in, in, in the last few years in countries like Mali where and, and Burkina Faso, where, you know, the ore zones, the Tietos, the West African resources have all gone ahead um, and, and, and started to, to get that going. So I, I'm pretty confident that if we can get a couple of wins on the board in the debt side, certainly we would start to see recognition that we have the ability to, to bring this project into production. And, and that comes with it all the good stuff, like the 500 million MPVs and the, the 30 to 60 million dollars a year free cash flows that come out of it post tax. So I, I, I think it's just a, the next stepping stone. And you know, when I sit back and speak to some of our peers in the industry about this this stage of, of the life cycle, no one found it easy. Um, it's tearing your hair out, stuff. It's frustrating, but I think we just got to keep plugging away. Um, and I think that we will win. Because the, the fundamental underlying um, thing is the quality of the project, and that is there, and I'm very comfortable on that. And 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 as are the people and the institutions that have been in the data room to have a look at it. So really, it's a case of just getting first steps on the board and um, first wins on the board, and then and then hopefully a movement in the right direction on the share price, which will obviously then give us the opportunity to negotiate uh, a little bit harder on the equity. Okay, I, I get it. I, I get that in theory. Okay, um, you know, if you get the debt in place, then it, it kind of helps the equity story. People a little, a little bit more comfortable there. But you've got to talk about the type of debt that you're gonna you're gonna bring in. Uh, sorry, the type of equity you're gonna bring in, which is obviously listed on TSXB. Not much happening there. A lot of cash in hand and, and waiting to see what happens. You you're talking the game of listing dual listing on the ASX, which I guess will open up a you know, a, a, a bit more of a kind of retail market and I guess some institutional too. Do you kind of say, put your hands and go, do you know what, we're going to have to bring some sort of strategic money in here. You're going to have to give away some of the upside here because it's just all a little bit too tight. Look, I think we've always said when we've had these discussions that we're always open to, 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 to everything. Um, I don't think there's any um, anything that we would leave off the table. I want to talk a bit about the, the ASX side there, Matt, if it's okay. We, we, we've announced that we intend to do a dual listing. Um, 
we've seen significant shareholder or, or institutional plus shareholder support coming out of Australia in the last 18 months. Um, we're certainly seeing that the Australian market understands West Africa very well. Um, and I think that, you know, companies have, have seen a better improvement on the ASX than their counterparts on the TSX through the same period. Um, and certainly we are seeing the same strong shareholder support from our existing shareholders to do this. Um, what, it, what, what the ASX bit does is open up opportunities for other institutions that typically don't like investing on the TSX to also to play a part. So I think that you'll start to see a lot more volume in the stock once we list. I think that's important. Um, and I think that you'll, you'll see a lot more opening up of opportunities with, with, with increasing our current shareholder, institutional shareholder base, which sits at around 30%. And most of that is out of Australia. In terms of strategics, I, 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 I don't disagree. Um, we, we've always entertained a number of discussions there. Our challenge at the moment, again, is that we are so cheap that we would effectively give away the company. Um, and, and that's always the sort, of, um, the sort of conundrum that we have. So we've had a lot of advances and we've had a lot of discussions. But, but what worries me about a lot of these discussions are everything works around market value and VWAP and not necessarily project value. And we're sitting at this massive disconnect between a project that effectively, effectively is valued at 500 million MPV and a market value of 20 million bucks. And even if somebody came along and offered 9.9 or 19.9 at 100% premium to the share price, it really wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be probably uh, representative of what the pro what the project value is and or what the value is and and that's always been the conundrum and I think that in time that will happen um, and there are some good strategic partners out there um, and I think that that will happen but at the moment it's sort of nose to the grindstone and and, and get through this ASX listing get a little bit more money in the bank and and um, decide from there. But, but just in terms of like setting up and preparing your current shareholders or anyone looking at this, I, I want to come back to that. What are the options on the table? Because I think this is the biggest thing. I'm not digging you out technically. I'm not digging you out about the size of the resources, scale of the opportunity. You, like you referenced, you've got, you know, MPV 500 million bucks on this thing at 45%, you know, pre-tax IRR and 38% afterwards. It, then this thing will throw off money, pay back less than two and a half years. It's, it's all good. It's the, how do you get this thing financed without giving it all away, right? And, yeah. you know, so to that end, can you finance this, finance this thing at project level rather than, um, head, head co level? Um, you know, what type of sort of structured finance projects, uh, products are out there for you, which may seem expensive day one, but once you get into cash flow, you pay, you pay back, refinance out, et cetera. Those are the things that I'm sort of intrigued um, as to what you're looking at and what optionality you, you, you've got now versus, you know, say, post-production. Um, yeah, look, I think there's, there's, there's lots of them. Um, we've had discussions with a number of the, the royalty and streaming companies. They've, they've been very active and e even through the sort of quite sort of choppy waters, they're, they're, they're still very active. They... You know, they, you've seen a lot of consolidation in that market over the last year. Um, there are a number out there that offer a mix of, of, of equity plus streaming um, and an offtake. So that, that is an opportunity, and I think that we, we shouldn't discount that. Um, I'm not overly in favour of taking on any sort of um, 
sort of structured sort of short-term bridging type debt because I think that's just too expensive and and too short-term. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the debt side, if, if we can land one of the big African banks, then, you know, in, even in terms of cost of capital, it's going to be a whole lot better than a, a sort of a, a, a mezzanine or a hybrid type debt structure. Um, I, I think on the equity side, yeah, look, it's, it's, um, we remain open to discussions from, from whoever wants to come and talk to us about it, whether it's corporate sort of strategic stake, whether it's a, a strategic stake from somewhere else. Um, I, I just, you know, we, we, need to, we need to have those discussions and, and, and see where it ends up. I, I fully agree with you, though, that, you know, and this happens time and time again. Um, sometimes you, you take what you can get in reason initially and you know that you can restructure it and refinance it once, once the cash stops coming in. And I think that's, that's something that probably will happen. Um, but, but, you know, right now, um, I, I think it's important for us to focus on, on, on getting some of the debt secured and get, getting a sort of a re-rate on the price, opening up opportunities to Australian retail plus institutional investors who currently can't access the stock and, um, and hopefully get a, a, a lot more volume in it, which, which will, will hopefully see growth. What's the point of the rollback? I mean, what did you end up rolling? What was the multiple you used on that? It was a three. It was a three to one, and it was simply that the the minimum listing price on the ASX was twenty cents Australian. So we were at, 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 we were at a price of about eight and a half nine cents, um, and you you have to do this at a well, you effectively do it on an EGM, but the, the AGM happened to be happening at the same time, so it made sense to roll that all up into to one thing, um, and that. That was the, that was the purpose of it, right? Why why, why three to one? How'd you end up with that number? Um, well, I mean, two to one wouldn't have cut the mustard at the time, and three to one gave us a bit of headroom. Um, and I guess any more than that starts upsetting people a little bit more. Um, and it also rolls the shares back to about you know seventy odd million in issue, which I think is not a bad number. Um, a lot of our warrants drop off. Um, Probably nearly half of the warrants drop off by before the end of this year, um, and it and it just sort of it, it seemed like a, a a good number to do. There was a little bit of science behind it; it wasn't just plucked out of the air. You, you'd be surprised. I've had I've had people tell me off air that the number they came up with was one guy ten point one four seven. <laughs> Try that one. So we wanted to make it difficult for people to not to be able to quite work it out accurately. <laughs> um, sometimes the science is what you mean. Um, okay, and, and so and so this is this is a kind of question sent in by someone on. I, I'll, I'll I'll name check him. CDN Resource Investor. I'm just trying to see if he understood correctly. Um, there's a three to one um, ro- rollback. Management. Didn't get anything different. He, he, he seems to feel that perhaps management only, you know, benefited from a two-to-one rollback. What, what's what's he possibly misunderstanding? Um, no, I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't really comment what, what he would be misunderstanding. I think it was very open and transparent. There was no. Um, Everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. No one. No. No one got anything differently. Um, no options were handed out. It was very, very clean and. And tidy and, and open and transparent, which is typically how we, we've always operated. Okay, so g- good question, fair question, but um, everyone was in the same boat. Everyone 
you know, have the three. Yeah, three I, I, think, option, I think, right? you know what, man, I think, uh, I think that any sort of share rollback um, or anything like that immediately raises questions. And I think what we've tried to do here is exactly the opposite of what you mentioned about the 10.17. It was really to make it very straightforward. Um, there, were no, there were no additional benefits. There were no options handed out. It was very clean. It was, it was really done as a means to this sort of move to the ASX. Mm. Okay. Um, so, right, we've covered a lot of ground there, but I want to be 100% clear here. You raised the 5 million bucks back at the end of November, beginning of December. Um, your options on the table for you are to look busy on the ground and, and keep drilling. But the, the reality is you've got a big enough resource now to move this thing forward. You're for a, I'm going to be generous, $20 million company um, with a DFS. Uh, <laughs> you, you clearly are and clearly will feel undervalued um, in the sense of the size of the resource, the fact you've got a DFS and the economics look like they do. I'll just outline some of them. Um, what have you got to do? I mean, ASX listing may be the, the, the solution, but what's the one thing? Is it the fact that you need to indicate to the market you can get the debt, you can get the equity in place? Is that all you need to do? Well, I think that would be a massive stride forward. Um, we've seen that, as I say, with multiple other juniors that have sort of in our boat right now. Um, I, look, I think the exploration side is interesting as well. Um, we've left a lot of ounces in the ground there that, that are very easily convertible. It makes a lot of sense if we want to start developing a little bit of news flow. If we, you know, if we, with a little bit of drilling, we think we can convert another 200 to 300,000 ounces into to indicated um, which we know then translates into reserves at about 84%. So you're talking plus minus 200 to 220,000 additional reserves. Um, it gives you a bit of optionality and flexibility on the mine plan. It probably pushes out another two years at 100,000 ounces. Or it also gives you the opportunity to do um, some, some optimization exercises on maybe pushing the initial 100,000 ounces up a little bit, so front-loading the production. Whereas at the moment, we are pretty inflexible in terms of that. Um, so I, I don't think this is hit and miss drilling. This is really targeted drilling to go after the ounces that we know are there. Um, as I mentioned, these, these 285,000 ounces are in the pit shell. So we would be mining it whether we liked it or not. Why don't we go and find out exactly what it is and, and put it into the resource in the reserve? Um, we're not talking big money. We're not talking a lot of time. And for me, you know, any discussion when you're sitting talking about debt financing and things like that, we know it takes six to 12 months. So we may as well be busy doing something that adds value to the project. And I think that's really what a, a lot of the shareholders are pushing quite hard for is a bit of news flow, um, some exploration that will, will add ounces easily. Um, so we're not talking about sending a drill out 20 kilometers away from the current resource shell and hoping to hit something. We're really targeting what we already know is there. Um, and I think that would make a bit of sense in the short term um, I don't think that does you any harm, um, but you're 100% right. We've, we've got enough as well. So if if we were lucky with discussions over the next few months and somebody came up with um, the ability to, to assist us in financing this, then first option would obviously be to build it. And that's, you know, that's what I'm desperate to do because that's, that's my background is building and operating. So uh, that's what we hope to do. But if if that's going to take some time, it makes a lot of sense to, to go off to some easy answers and add some more to the resource and the reserve. Okay, well, Danny, um, I'm glad you came on. I'm glad you're not burying your head in the sand. I'm glad you are talking to us and let us know what's going on because, like you say, you know, it, it feels like you just need a few 
these moving parts come come together um, to let you unleash release the value in, in, in country. Um, and obviously good news at the weekend with regards to the lifting of the sanctions too. So stay in touch. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. And yeah, we remain very positive. I think this is a great project and you know, I'd like to be talking to you in a year's time when construction's underway. That'd be that'd be a, a great discussion to have. You better be back well before then. I, I want I want to hear what's going on with the financing and I want to want to hear what's going on with strategic partners. So appreciate your time, Danny. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.